This is Love Hurts. I'm Brian Berlin. My guest today is Sharon Spell. Sharon is a storyteller and actor living in Astoria, Queens. I met Sharon through storytelling, and I'm always so impressed with the way she's able to talk about big emotional moments in her life in an incredibly personal way that really connects with the audience. The story she tells today is no different. It's about her struggle with one relationship as she's trying to simultaneously deal with loss in her life. Hey Sharon, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks Brian, glad to be here. Yes, in my <laughs> packed little room. Yeah, on a it's nice... efficient. Yeah, I try to be as efficient as I can without yeah. being too messy. Yeah. Um, what did you want to come and talk to me about, and I guess whoever's listening about today? I had a relationship a few years back uh, that I thought was viable because... We reconnected on Match.com here in New York City, but we had known each other years ago in Pittsburgh when we both lived there. Um, and it was friendly. We were just friendly back then. He had a girlfriend and I didn't see any interest from him. Um, but when we saw each other in New York on Match.com, he like opened the door to say like, well, let's get together and and I had a show, and I said, well, come to my show. And I didn't think he would be romantically interested in me at all. Uh, but he came to my show, and we hung out afterward, and we ended up making out. <laughs> <laughs> um, fun, a fun little change of the course of the night. Oh. Unexpected. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's fun. <laughs> okay. And... Uh, so later conversations reveal that he had a crush on me way back then, but he had a girlfriend, so he didn't act on it. Um, and so because we knew friends in common from way back, uh, this feels right. It feels normal. We have shared interest in the arts and uh, just like it, it just feels comfortable, you know, and he starts coming to my shows and we start dating and He's a good boyfriend, and he lets me know like I, that he wants a relationship. Uh, my logic tells me he's not ready because at this point he's going through a divorce. Okay. He has his own apartment. He's moved out from the marital apartment, uh, and they've filed papers, but they've not proceeded. Yeah, so he still like has this he's, big thing going on in his life that he's dealing with. Yes, uh, but it seems like he's managing both, and he's not speaking ill of his ex-wife also. I'm listening for that stuff, um, but just that they grew apart, and they really didn't have a lot in common, but they did. And and he also said that years before his mother had passed away, she had actually been murdered. And oh, it, man. Yeah, it was heavy, and it took years for him to get his bearings, and his dad uh, lives in South Korea. That's where they're from originally, but he grew up in West Virginia. So in some ways, he's like a bubba, but not really. Like he's an art school kid. Yeah, more. he has these multiple backgrounds that yeah, was yeah, shaping yeah. him through. And so like his dad had moved back to South Korea and uh, he was looking to have family here. And it just didn't work out with ex-wife. Yeah. Um, and so the things he was telling me made, made it seem like 
that door was opening and I was open to walk through it. But then it seemed like a normal amount of like steps back would happen. So I didn't really pay attention to red flags when they came up of him like icing me out or like not talking to me for a few days. I just thought like he needs time to process. And I was giving him way too many allowances based on having happened to know him years ago. Yeah, like your your bit of history let you be a little bit looser in the so- the warning signs. Yes. You kind of let them go a little longer because, because he of the t- history. He told me things like he had ex-girlfriends who would not talk to him at all. And I mean, my ex-husband doesn't talk to me. That's a welcome <laughs> part of <laughs> You're my okay life. With that. <laughs> but I do have guys I dated that we can say hello in public. You yeah. Know, we're not in each other's lives, but it, it, we didn't you know, ruin each other's lives. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, okay, doing your own thing, but you can cross paths and, and, and it's say not hi. A and, disaster. Yeah. yeah. And like, I went on one date with somebody and I like, I'm going off on a tangent, but he came into the bar where I work recently and he has a wife and a kid now. And I was so happy to yeah. hear about that stuff, you know, cause like on that one date, we both realized like, oh, we, we're just different. Yeah. But we're like nice. Classic New York City dating is yeah. you on a lot of dates where the person's really nice and you just have no real connection right. with them. And yeah. so having one or two exes that you don't talk to, all right. Yeah. But he told me that there were many. And but then he was still talking to his ex wife. So I didn't think uh that was too weird. Uh so it gets to be Christmas time and he wants to go home to Mississippi with me. And I don't think it's a good idea because at this point, my parents are both ill. Okay. So when I go home, I'm a caregiver and I am like helping relieve my dad of driving and taking care of my mom who can't do as much. She has diabetes. He has Parkinson's. Okay. And I think if I bring this guy home, I'm going to have to look after him and his being a new person in this situation. And tend to my parents' physical needs. Yeah, it's a lot to juggle. Emotional and physical needs of other people. Yeah. And then where's my holiday? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's only so much you could be dealing with at one time. Yeah, and I get that too, like the new person coming home and having to... So he didn't hear yeah. that. And he heard rejection and that I didn't want him around. And there were already some like push-pull stuff like that, things happening in the relationship. And it just, it, it tore me up to tell him no. And I ended up telling my dad about him during that visit home. And I didn't go into great detail, but I did say, like, he doesn't have family in the United States. And, like, he doesn't see his brother. And my dad said, a guy like that is going to be hard to get rid of because he doesn't have people. Yeah, you're the per- his connection yeah. to... And doggone it, if that didn't play out in multiple <laughs> ways in the coming Your year. Your dad really knew yeah. what you were getting into or what you were into at that point. So January rolls around. His birthday happens. On his birthday, I get him like a Le Creuset crock pot or not uh, stock pot. Okay. Like a nice, good. Yeah, one of those nice like colored, yeah, 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 colorful. Yeah. And he uh, take him out to a nice dinner and he's being really withholding, and I don't chalk, I don't think too much about it until the next morning when he breaks up with me, Ugh. and then it all makes sense. Like that's why he didn't want to have sex the night before. That's why he was like not 
too enthused about a Le Creuset stock pot. <laughs> yeah, that's a great gift. And Thank you. <laughs> so um, he waited until after he, because he knew yeah, he, he was, was getting like processing gifts. all this in his head. He waited until after he got his <laughs> gifts and his dinner out. <laughs> to say, I think we're moving too fast. Did you and take I think, the pot back with you? <laughs> no, but I went back for my Andy Warhol book that okay. was still on his yeah. shelf. Yeah. Like, because he said, like, I think we're moving too fast. I was like, okay, fine. Like, he didn't expect me to be so okay with it. But I, I was at a point where, like. I don't want to waste time. And if you don't yeah. want to be with me, I'm not going to try anymore. Yeah. It seemed like your head was in a very clear space of like, I was shocked. I'm okay. Yeah. It like, took a while to like, the tears didn't happen until after I left. But in that moment, uh, when he followed up with, but I still want to come to your shows. And I said, no. Yeah. That's, you can't, don't get that. You expect me to be funny on stage while I look at you in the audience wondering how you feel about me? Well, I guess I didn't think it through that much. Well, I guess you didn't. <laughs> Andy Warhol book out <laughs> i still have people that were no longer dating but i know the exact books that they have of mine and i'm like man That's i want so these sad. books back and it's like only books there's uh, there's probably other stuff but the books are the only thing that i uh, so yeah taking the book back for me is like the move yeah to let him know like there's nothing more for me to come back here yes, for. i have nothing else that i need here yeah I'm enjoy your stock yeah yeah um so radio silence is what i employ I think that's fair. You don't want to have that. You, you want to take a break? Let's have a break. Yeah. We're broke. And in about two and a half weeks, I get a handwritten letter from him saying I panicked. Uh, I, I, you, I definitely was getting more than I gave in the relationship. Uh, if we want to start over as friends, I understand if it's too much. Basically, he was saying I messed up yeah. and I'm sorry. And here's a three-page letter explaining how sorry. And that's nice. Yeah. And so we arranged to see each other, and we decided to start dating again. But the behavior that he was showing before the breakup, like, he would come to my shows and just, like, be exhausted and not talk to anybody and not engage in being out, you know, not try to be part of the community. Yeah. That you were a part of. And make me have to do extra work to bring him to the surface, you know? Because yeah. there were times that if there was a couch in the room, he'd just lie down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Baby. And anyway. it was kind of like on you to do the emotional, social. yeah, like the, the emotional heavy lifting yes. as well as the comedic heavy lifting <laughs> and my own, whatever, my own fears and phobias. Uh, so. He was still doing that after we got back together okay. and still like nothing had changed. And my dad's words came back to me of a guy like this can be hard to get rid of. Like, oh, so I scared him into being alone and he just wanted to be with me. He yeah. wanted to be with somebody and I was easy pickings. Yeah. So in May, I sent him an email. I'm not proud of this, but I did what I did. I broke up with him in an email. Okay, so how long, what was the amount of time when you... February he, to May. To May. So it was like, sent that letter to you, yes. got back together, and then in May you sent Early this. May, I sent an email saying, I don't think it's working out. I think we were right to break up. And I only did it 
half-heartedly, even though logically I knew it was the right thing to do. My friends were saying break up with him. They were tired (laughs) of being around him. He just drained all the energy from the room. Yeah. But I kept thinking about when we first got together, and that's something that people do, male, female, whatever. Like, people just do this. And I do it of, like, well, he used to be so nice. Maybe if I do this, he'll be nice again. Maybe if I do that, he'll be nice again. Yeah, like there's a rough patch, but I know the potential of the person he can be. Because he did that at the beginning. And everyone is on good behavior in the beginning. Yes. (laughs) It does not matter. (laughs) Everyone wants to make a good first impression, but can they sustain it? Is that who they really are? And he has shown me and also told me who he really is. So I break up with him. But then like, he wants to hang out and go on bike rides together. And we end up doing that. And then we end up making out and we go just bed together again. And it's complicated. And I think that we're dating again because we have slept together again. And I go to Los Angeles and he's not really texting me back when I text him stuff. And again, he's weird. (laughs) 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 And I just chalk it up to like, well, he'll text me tomorrow. Um, I get back from Los Angeles, I get back to New York, and my parents' illnesses had taken turns over the summer, and the Sunday after I get back, my mother falls into a diabetic coma, and she's on uh, machines in the critical care unit in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and the next day, my dad has a seizure, and they find that uh, they they have been treating him for Parkinson's-related dementia, but the MRI revealed that he had brain tumors okay. that had gone untreated. Yeah. And because my parents had been ill for a while and they told me, you know, we're fine. You go. Like They knew I needed to be in New York going to auditions, making connections. But my heart was torn with that also. Like, well, my parents are sick, but they were being cared for. Yeah. And so I kept asking my brother if I should come down. And finally, that Monday, Scott said, come down and see your parents. So I call this guy. Let's call him Selfish Robot. I haven't given him a name yet. Selfish Robot, okay. But I call Selfish Robot. Okay. (laughs) Because uh, (laughs) that's who I think I should. That's what you think, yeah. Yeah, I should turn to a Selfish Robot for my emotional support (laughs) at this point. And I... Tell him what's happening. And I had already made myself dinner and I'd had wine with dinner at home by myself. And I hear him being present in the moment for me. Like I forget all about him, his not texting me the previous yeah. week and any of the other stuff because I hear him in that moment being the good dude that I remember. And I take a moment and I say, Thank you for listening to me. And he says, Well, we are friends. And suddenly I'm sober and I hear him and I ask, what? Well, I, I told you I can't be in a relationship right now. I don't remember that part at all. But like, that's the moment he chose. He chooses to tell me, you know, we're not in a relationship. Yeah. Even though you've been thinking. I've been thinking we're in a relationship again. Yeah. And it's just the subpar thing that I've gotten used to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've just accepted. You've accepted this very... Like medium, not great dating situation, but you were in it and you were there with him. And I keep saying yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. To be in this situation. Yeah. Because you thought he was there with you in this situation. And he's just sitting there on the phone listening to me 
cry my eyes out. Yeah. And then suddenly, like, he can't be in a relationship. And I forget what oh, is said just exactly, but he ends up saying, well, you're drunk. <laughs> <That was laughs> to the- comfort me. Well, you're drunk. And I hold the phone out from my head and I hold it in the palm of my hand and talk to it like I'm talking to a skull, you know. I may have had some <laughs> drinks tonight and I may be a little drunk, but I hear you now. You're clear. We are not in a relationship. And I put the phone back to my ear and he says, why does it sound like you're not going to talk to me again for a while? <laughs> and I said, that's the smartest thing I've heard you say yet. So I'm yeah, hanging up. It's a good take. You should. And I hang up and I think, Wow. My parents are dying and I'm alone. Yeah. I'm alone, alone. And it breaks me. And that Thursday I get home and daddy's still talking, but he's time traveling in his mind because the brain tumors have taken over. And then next morning he passes away and selfish robot somehow decides to check in on me that day. Uh. I just want to... Say, I'm thinking about you. I hope you're okay. And I just write him back, hey, selfish robot, my dad died today. Bye, Sharon. <laughs> yeah, like, just, can't deal with you right now. And he writes back. I don't even remember what he writes back because it does not matter at this point. Yeah. But my mother was still in a coma. And long story short, 18 days after daddy dies, my mother dies oh, too. Oh, man. And so, and I have gone back to New York in between funerals and I get back to New York in September and I'm just done. Like I, I want, you can't fall off the floor, but then you find out there's a basement, you know, and I just, (laughs) I I can't, I can't get a leg up. Yeah. And this dude, this selfish robot is still like circling around. Like he just gets a text every once in a while or something. I didn't realize he had one of the, a mug from my parents' house that I had given him oh. to drink from yeah. at his home, he mailed it back to me. And, like, that was nice. Yeah. Um, And then by December, he sends me, like, the email that any ex who's been broken up with wants to get from the person of, I definitely, uh, you know, I, I I got he said I got more than I gave. Did I say that he said that in the previous one? It might have been a reiteration oh, no. of the pre- the previous e- uh, letter, but it, this was an email like I got more than I gave in the relationship and and you deserve better and can we start over as friends? Like it was the same thing but newer words. Yeah, now in an email versus in a an letter. Email. And this is where I write him back and say selfish robot, I've had more than my fair share of heartbreak in the last few months, and I can't open the door for more sorrow. And I still have feelings for you, hurt, angry feelings, and also hopeful girlfriend feelings. Yeah. And I can't, I can't. And he wrote back, well, maybe we could try. And so then he starts to visit me at work. And he treats me to a dinner and a movie and like here and there. And like he bought me a winter coat. It was on sale, but, you know, it's the, <laughs> the, the thought. And then uh, in January, we go to brunch. And at this brunch, he's being cagey again. But I don't think 
anything about it because of the baseline of the caginess. Yeah, and you've also, experienced. Yes, the week before. So in between, we don't see each other over the holidays because I go to see my, my family. And so I get back and we see each other and we end up making out. And so this opens the door for a hopeful girlfriend. So to it's get the her. first time that something has happened again since yes. that initial phone call. We're just friends when you needed him. So phone call when I needed him was in August. And then December is where I got the email. Like he had okay. sent me like some oh, okay, little okay, some it. little pings, in, including like the mug. Yep. So doing things that are kind. Because yes, he does have the, little moments. The selfish robot does have the capacity. He does have like the the coding for kindness. Yeah. Somewhere. Somewhere in his coding. <laughs> the HTML. Every if once you go in a while, down there's an read, error of kindness that comes out of him. And it's it's a virus. Yeah. And he kills the virus. Like, he runs the <laughs> scanner software and he finds it and he gets rid of it. it. Can't be this kind anymore. Shut it down. <laughs> Shut it down. Uh so December we start hanging out and it's just platonic. Yeah. And but it feels healing because I feel like oh this is a relationship that died but now it's getting a second chance. Yeah, and you're but close I, to somebody again. Yes, and I and I need that yeah. because like so many of my friends had not oddly just lost their parents. So nobody <laughs> Yeah, knew. you had nobody to connect with about this. <laughs> nobody knew how awful it felt, yeah. how lonely. Like I had, you know, we hang around comedians. And one guy said to me, so how long are you going to milk this dead parent thing? Oh, man. And that guy is no longer my friend, yeah. not just because of that, but that was indicative of his yeah, sense of good, humor. A and, good example of his person, of him just, as a person. Oh, yeah, that's not great because it's. Anyway, it's a lot. Yeah, it's, I'm gonna milk th- uh, uh, until they're not dead anymore. That's yeah, how long I'm gonna milk this dead. It's parenting. a part of your life for the rest of your life now that you're gonna be. I'm just with. doing it for attention. Yes, <laughs> this, this is you're just riding this wave. <laughs> this is all just an excuse to come in and talk about your parents. And... Any any chance I get. Yes. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> oh God. Oh man. So January, I'm back from visiting my family, and Selfish Robot and I hang out, and end up making out. And then the next week we go to brunch. Okay. And I'm thinking, yay, we made out more making outs in the future. Yeah, Ho- it's, keep it's hope alive. Finally, this I got this back again. Yeah. And after we finish eating brunch, I'm getting ready to go to work that night to bartend. And so he's waited until after brunch to say, uh, you know, I just I don't want you to get hung up on me, you know. And I want you to be okay when I start seeing other people. This is like literally the next days after you just made out again? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. And I'm stunned, but I compartmentalize that in the way that... uh, I don't want to say it's exactly split personality, but I became like very self-aware and I became my own older sister at that moment. Yeah. Where... The heartbreak that was happening, I was able to just like put it in a bubble and hide it further down in my chest and say to myself, like, this is it. You are done with him. You're walking away from here and never returning to anything in this situation. Yeah, you had to give that like tough love talk to yourself at the same time of being like devastated. Yes, because I'm the one 
opening myself, making myself vulnerable to a selfish robot who has shown me who he is and told me who he is and shown and told and shown and told. Yeah. Yeah. You have so many examples of why this is not a healthy thing for you to be a part of. And my friends have told and told and told, break up with him, break up with him. And I kept thinking, hopeful, nice feelings. And that's about me. Yeah. But it's hard. I mean, it's hard. It's, yes. You were dealing with a lot that yes. whole year. So much. <laughs> and it was, he was a person who was there for you in an intimate way. Yes. That it's hard to remove those two things, right? Where you're like, yes. you need somebody and he's somebody. And oh, such a bare minimum somebody. Yeah, but, but he was he somebody. Looked, he looked human. He did. He looked <laughs> so human. he's a robot on the inside. It's he so selfish. human on the outside. <laughs> I want you to be okay when I start seeing other people. And I just imagine like, he wants me to just hang out with him and the girls he does want to sleep with yeah like in some way he still wants you to be a part of his life even though he's like and like my dad said a guy like this is hard to get rid of yeah and he needs people and he doesn't know how to people yeah because you know that it's going to be something where if he says he wants to get on with his life the second he has like a lonely weekend that you're going to be the person he reaches out to i don't have time for that (laughs) (laughs) so in that moment i say to myself like say to him whatever it is you need to say because you're not talking to him again. Okay. And we get out to the sidewalk and I say, you don't want me and it still hurts. Cause that's the thing. I feel the tears right now. I didn't feel them before at all, but the abandonment of my parents' deaths and it, it is, you know, it's grief, but it's also, they're gone. Yeah. And then being with somebody who also didn't want me around. That was just, that was cruel. It was so cruel. Yeah. And so I said to him, the thing I was thinking is, you don't want me and it still hurts. And he came over to give me a hug and I didn't hug him back. And he threw his arms down in a huff and just walked away. Oh, God. And as shitty as that was, you can bleep that out if you need to, but that is the right word for it. Yeah, that's very (laughs) shitty. No No other way to describe it. My big sister voice came back through my tears saying, run, girl, run. Yeah, you're free. Like, he is not, he's gone. His arms are not around you. Don't let your shirt touch your back. Flee. Fly like the wind. And I went to work and I cried and cried and cried all night. But as a bartender, people just want their drinks and they don't see your tears. They don't yeah, really they're, they're, they're distracted by, they, they just, just want, want you to help them and then be and on their they way. Don't yeah. <laughs> so I was, there was one intern who did see me cry, and she stood with me during the the ugly cry part. Uh, and this was in the box office at the UCB East Village, the UCB yeah. Theater in the East Village. People coming and going all night, and they just don't see, or maybe they just didn't want to see. And they gave me some privacy. In New yeah, York people would give you your privacy to cry. Yes, because people cry. It's a very all the time. <laughs> Yes, it's such an it's such an easy thing to just be like, all right, I'm just going to be crying right now. And yeah. I know that I'm going to be able to do this and people aren't going to bother me. Thank you, New York. <laughs> uh, but that intern is now a house performer. And every time we see each other, like she comes through to do shows and and we always like I'm just so happy to see her because of that one. Yeah, that one moment where, where she saw you. Yeah, yeah, she was not a selfish robot. Yeah, there's people yeah. in this world. Like that was the first lesson of being like, oh, there are people in this world that you can connect with <laughs> who aren't selfish robots. 
That's so nice. Yeah, that sounds great. Because it's like, it seems like one of the first times that you had this connection. Like it was a connection in the smallest amount that it was a connection, but it was like, this is a human connection of somebody seeing me and caring for me, even though they don't totally know me that well, but they can just- There's empathy in the world. Yeah. And I was solidly single after that for five years. And that's what I heard from people as a rule of thumb for- that like it happens for everybody at different times if you're looking for a solid relationship with a life partner yeah it just happens when it happens i read something really great online that apples only grow during apple season (laughs) you know you can plant the seeds and water the soil but if the conditions aren't right it's not going to happen yeah and that's true for your career for your love life for family planning for whatever your plans are if the conditions aren't right it's not going to happen and like with selfish robot I was not going to get apples, ever. Yeah, not ever as was much I as ever. You put the seeds down and watered it. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. He's only mechanical. Yeah. Nothing uh, organic was coming nothing, out of that. Not at all. Yeah. Not until after the revolution. <laughs> but um, but when I did meet Jed, who, with whom I've been, we've been together almost two years. It was the conditions were right. And when we reconnected, we reconnected because we had known each other years before when uh, oddly at the time of this breakup, I started teching his show at UCB Chelsea, UCB Theater in Chelsea. And he was on a house team on Saturday nights and but he was married and I was not in an emotional state to see anybody or date. Like I was on OkCupid. I went on, I think, one coffee date and realized I need to not do this. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I've had that moment before where you go on a date thinking you're okay to go on a date. And then you're like, nope, I'm not ready. I got to shut this down. Change my profile to, are you into tears? (laughs) (laughs) Are you ready to just sit and watch me cry for an hour? Because that's my idea of a first date. There are people who do want to do that, but I don't want to date them (laughs) for long term. (laughs) But uh, I stopped teching that show and he stopped performing with that show. And we lost touch, yeah. but we were Facebook friends. And so in 2016, he invited me to his birthday party at Alligator Lounge. And so I go to it thinking he's still married because we haven't seen each other. Yeah. And, and you just want to get those free pizzas. He, oh, they're so good they because they're so free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not married anymore. And he's in a good headspace and heart space. And we just talked for six hours. And if that had been a setup or a date, we would have ordered different food or worn different clothes. But we were just... Yeah, there's no stakes to anything. Mm -mm. So you just got to enjoy the night with this person. And I'd had time to process, because I had been married before too, and that, you know, don't talk to him anymore. And this other uh, garbage fire of a robot... just like it gave me time to walk with it and process it and realize like I am okay and I do have something to give in a relationship to someone who can be reciprocal. Yeah, who can take what you're giving and give things back and yeah, can actually be a human and yeah. not a robot. Yeah, and so Jed is not perfect. I am not perfect, but we are perfect for each other and we keep communication going. Yeah. And that's the best you can do, you know, and I love him. It's great. And yeah, it's great. Yeah. And so it's weird when I talk about this other relationship, it feels like um if it's like someone else's life almost because I have 
move forward so much. And I want to say that for your listeners who might be in the weeds of heartbreak, that it is worth it to keep moving forward. And there's no one right way to do it, but just like any step that can be made forward is is a help yeah. to get away from the toxins. Like I joke about it on stage and say the chicken soup for my soul gave me food poisoning. <laughs> 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 you know, and with any food poisoning, with any toxin, you, it has to work its way out of your body. Yeah. You know, uh, and it's going to come out the way it comes out. And it's not always fit for public display. Uh, and your friends will sit back, you know, with you and hold your hair while you vomit or while you talk about this guy one more time, or the millionth time, yeah. the 10 millionth time. Uh, and then eventually, like, there's no new toxins coming up after the breakup. It's just dry heaves. Yeah. It's the same stuff, but just hiccups of it. And that's what this story right now feels like. It's like a hiccup of the toxin. It's nothing new. It's just like something that resides. So when I talk about it, there's like a little Yeah, burp, you have that moment A of burp it, of that. But that's it. And that's it. Yeah. Because like I can still eat food and live my life. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's no longer crippling you and keeping you on the bathroom floor. Uh, it's just something that every once in a while you have to be like, oh, that's a part yeah, of my was, past. Yeah. And, and now I know better. Yeah. When you know better, you do better. I think that's a great thing to end on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was beautiful. Oh, well, thanks, Thanks Ryan. so much for sharing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, if people want to like find you on the internet or in person, like what are some way, what are some things you got going on that people can look up about you? My website is SharonSpell.com. Uh, I have a web, a podcast is the word I was looking for is the Sharon Spell show. You see how that's confusing yes. because it's just my name over it's, and over. You've, you've got your branding down real well. Your name Very is everywhere. Very much so. Yeah. Instagram, Twitter, uh, Tumblr, it's Sharon Spell across the board. Great. Yeah, they'll find me. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Sharon. <laughs> thanks, Brian. This is how we love. This is how we fight for something that's right. Love Hurts is produced, hosted, and edited by Brian Berlin. Theme music by Mickey Hommel. Show art by Caroline Mallon. You can find Love Hurts on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend about it. You can find Love Hurts on Instagram and Twitter at lovehurtspod, and our website is lovehurtspod.com. Here's a preview of what you'll hear next week. I knew what I wanted. And I very much wanted a relationship and I wanted it to yeah. work. And I could want that till the end of time. But the part that my dumb brain couldn't figure out was if the other person isn't into it for whatever reason, it's not going to happen. I'm Brian Berlin and this is Love Hurts. <laughs>